0: Thanks, ads. All right. Uh, we're in the top part of Civic Park this year for, for Carols because we couldn't get down the bottom because it's too wet. And, um, and w- I went and scoped it out yesterday because we had to do um, leaflet drops to warn all the residents around that it's going to be loud. And, um, and, um, and surprisingly, I think there's enough room. Uh, I didn't think there would be, but um, it should be fun. So make that a plan Christmas Eve. All right, let's pray together. Um, Our Father, thank you that we can call you that. Um, Thank you that we're your kids. Thank you um, that everything we love about parents, you are and then more. Uh, Thank you. And in in, in this season, even where it's busy and it's cluttered and it's deadlines and, yeah, it's just money going out everywhere, even in this season, uh, God where we're a little frantic sometimes and we don't look up often enough, you just pour your love into our lives. And in this moment, just this pause that we have here, God, help us to open our hearts to you. In all the relationships we head into, in our families, with our kids, with our parents, with our siblings, with with our extended family across Christmas, God, can you rule in our hearts? Can we... Can we Can we open ourselves to more of your joy and your peace and your love and your selflessness? Can you help us to look at the people around us in love and do the best thing for them despite how we feel this Christmas? Help us to be empowered this Christmas to shine your light to the people we love most all around us. God, we pray for those who are struggling with um, health issues, um, even end-of-life issues, some of us. Uh, Some of us who are sick, some of us who are struggling relationally, some of us who um, are anxious or in depression or any of the other mental health struggles that we go through. Can you bring healing to us, God? And in the midst of our struggle, can can we experience your peace and your joy? Please, this Christmas. God, I pray that you would turn the eyes of your people to you and that we would all look up and receive this sustenance and reminder of your unfailing love to us in this season. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, Andrew? This is Andrew Fisher. You make him welcome. Yeah. So I know Andrew because he's one of the other uh, C.V.A.T. pastors, the Christian Community Churches Victoria and Tasmania that we're um, voluntary affiliates of in that broader term. Andrew's one of the other CVAT pastors at Warrandite until he wasn't that anymore, and now he's working somewhere else. Um, and so I'm going to let Andrew tell you a little bit about, bit about where he's working now, and then, um, and then he's going to kick on into our sermon. All right, thanks, mate. Thanks, Denny.
1: Uh, I work for the uh, the Belgrave Heights Convention. Uh, for those that don't know what it is, up in the hills uh, in the Dandenongs, Belgrave Heights, uh, there's a great convention place, and they've been operating uh, Christian conventions for a long period of time. And my role up there is, the, is what is called Ministry Manager. What on earth is that? Well, I just um, oversee and uh, help out with the many different conventions that happen uh, throughout the year. We've got one actually coming up in summer, so if you're looking for something to do, I've uh, got a little bit, uh, it's coming up here, it's over the New Year's period. If you're looking for something, we've got excellent speakers uh, happening. We've got Ian Coffey coming out from the uh, United Kingdom, as well as uh, Weehan, Han, who's... Um, from Melbourne he's speaking on Revelation so it should be some wonderful uh, messages that is happening at the convention. But in Overseen there's all sorts of conventions. We've got our Easter convention uh, that happens as well, we've got our men's convention that happens and this, uh, this year we're actually going to do a very different one. We're actually having an apologetics convention uh, that will be happening as well uh, a bit later in the year. But the Belgrave Heights, they're in the process of doing this redevelopment at the moment. Uh, you may know the auditorium but behind the auditorium, they're actually building this uh, three, four hundred seater dining room as well as, uh, you can see the picture there, it's a big uh, area that eventually will be filled with uh, tables and chairs for everyone to uh, sit and uh, dining, as well as an accommodation block, uh, it's, just, it's been needed. If you've ever been to the convention, you know that staying up there can actually be a hassle but they're building at the moment and it should be a wonderful uh, facility when it's all available. So, yeah, that's been my role uh, since I uh, left uh, Senior Pastor at Warrandyte Community Church, but it's been great just to come here and be a part of uh, just this service this morning. So, you may know, as Danny has said, Christmas is coming up, isn't it? I mean, come on, who's had some family gatherings already? Oh yeah, we've got a few people, okay, I'm a bit more interactive, okay, you've got to, okay, we like to see people raise hands. At, at my previous church, whenever I put, you know, asked a question, you'd always have the people go, eh, we don't really raise hands in church, so we don't like putting our hands up, okay, all right, so just, just, just bear with me, all right, okay. All right, I came across this story during the week of what not to do at Christmas. So if you're still looking for that final gift or anything... This is a story about a grandmother who had lots of grandkids, okay, and she thought, you know what, I just can't go shopping and buy everyone everything, so I'm going to write them a cheque. Who remembers cheques? Okay, all right, yeah, okay, all right, okay. All right, so she thought she'd write a card and put the cheque in the card and everything like that, so she thought, oh, fine. So they all went out, all these cards went out. Can you imagine the surprise that happened? Because suddenly, a couple of days after Christmas, she noticed she had a pile of cheques that didn't go in the cards. So, all her grandkids got a card that read, from Grandma, go and buy a present. <laughs> yeah, don't do that at Christmas, okay? Don't do that. But Christmas is coming where we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. But have you ever thought about the fact that Mary and Joseph didn't really have a say, didn't have a choice in the name of their son? I mean, both were visited by angels and told to call their son Jesus. Now, mums, just imagine for a moment, the midwife visits you and said, oh, this is the name of your child. You'd be like going, no, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. It takes away the fun of it. I mean, it's a wonderful privilege that we have to name our children we get out the book what's popular you know sort of like but there are some unwritten rules about naming a child isn't there is not there? sort of like you know you think about that i mean we had to go through that we've got four children i mean sort of like we got to our fourth and we were like going oh what are we going to do we've all gone through the popular names okay matthew mark uh, john now we've already got a john all right luke it is so you know sort of like we just went through that whole process but there are some unwritten rules for example If you or your spouse have ever dated anyone with a certain name, then that name is off-limits until now, until the end of the world, isn't it? If your parents or your spouse's parents ever knew anyone that had this name that they didn't like, thought that was slightly odd, weird or different, well, that name's off-limits as well, all right? The whole naming thing, it requires effort, but it's important. Now, some sermon research here. I found a list of unfortunate name combinations of actual people, okay? The Mann family had a daughter that they called Anita, okay? She went through life known as Anita Mann, okay, all right. See, that's a problem. What about this one? Lois is the first name, last name Price, okay, okay? Yeah, that's what we like to hear at Christmas, isn't it? Lowest Price. There was a lady, Helen, and she named, uh, married a guy called... Uh, his last name was Back. Okay, for 10 years of marriage, he said it was true. Okay, get that for a moment. Yeah, Helen Back. Okay, all right. Then there was my dad. Okay, this is a true story here. Last name Fisher, but his first name was Rod. Yeah. <laughs> can imagine what happened with that one okay (laughs) i'm very glad my parents didn't go there all right but you've got to be very careful about naming your kids and we're doing this series here at this church called he will be called the names of jesus this is it comes up in the book of isaiah this is what the prophet isaiah said he said for us a child is born to us a son is given the government shall be on his shoulders now read this with me now okay and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Well, today I've got the privilege of just unpacking these words, Everlasting Father. I mean, what a dramatic name for a newborn baby. If you've ever had a father, raise your hands. <laughs> uh, okay, we've still got people that have got going, I'm not raising it, All right, okay, yeah, right. But just that word, Father, when I say that word, it can bring up all sorts of images to you, memories, emotions. Maybe for some of you, those, those memories, those images of your earthly father can be fantastic. But I'll tell you this as a father myself, alright, I speak for all of us dads here, it's not easy being a dad. We are far from perfect and we make our share of mistakes. But if you grow up and you can look back on your father and the memories that you have are good ones, well, be thankful about it. Be thankful. Because the reality is, for many of us, we can have bad memories about our father. Maybe you didn't have a good relationship with your father. As you look back, some of the greatest pain in your life comes from your relationship with your father. Maybe he wasn't there. Maybe he abandoned you when you were little. Or maybe it wasn't his fault. Maybe he died early and he wasn't there for some pivotal moments in your own life. Or maybe he just wasn't physically present. He wasn't there. You know what I mean. You know, he was just too busy or he really didn't pay much attention to you. You know, you can always remember how disappointed he was in you. You know, or maybe you just really never felt a connection to him. And it's kind of... Like now, you ring up home and he answers the phone and you just don't know how to have a conversation. He's always, he's running around looking for mum because he knows that she's the one that can have the conversation. And I don't want to gloss over this one either. Maybe you had an abusive father. But for whatever reason, there's a lot of pain that is brought up when you think about your father. Now, when I say this morning that Jesus wants to be your everlasting Father, for some of you, that just doesn't do much for you. Now, a quick theological thing here, I just want to clear this up so it's not confusing, and that is, at first, calling Jesus the everlasting Father, that may seem a bit odd, because the Bible teaches us that Jesus is the second member of the Trinity, called God's Son. So, here is the Son, called The Father, okay? But that doesn't mean that he switched places here with God the Father in the Trinity. It's just that Jesus in his relationship to us would like to be the Father that we've always longed for. So you often see this. We evaluate the very character of Jesus or the very character of God through our own earthly fathers. Now one of the things... I want you to take home this morning. This is the main point of the whole message is don't judge your heavenly father by your earthly one. I'll say that again. Don't judge your heavenly father by your earthly one. Don't do that. Personally, I love the fact that Isaiah, when he speaks about Jesus, he's talking about him as being an everlasting father. Everlasting. He's the one that never disappoints never forsakes, never leaves, never dies. He's the Father that our heart has always longed for. So what does our Heavenly Father look like? Well, here's a couple of things, and I'll just quickly go through these. The Bible says our Heavenly Father cares. Our everlasting Father cares. He's compassionate. He's loving. He's gracious. And He cares for you. He cares for you. In fact, you know... He knows more about us than we even know about ourselves. You know, we can't begin to understand just how much God loves us because our brains can't handle it. The Bible tells us in Psalm 104, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who honour him. This is talking about God, but through Jesus we see the character of God. Jesus reflects the very character of God, so therefore Jesus is reflecting these characters. God is caring, He's compassionate. I mean, think about the whole situation with Mary and Joseph for a moment. Matthew reminds us of these words. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place and while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man. But he did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit and she will have a son. You are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. So Mary is pregnant. She's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. I mean, with this very news, Joseph's life is just utterly wrecked. All his dreams. Does God care about this whole situation? Yes. Yes, he cares about it. God sent an angel. You may say, well, that's just to make certain that God's plans all worked out. But no. He also sent the angel to build Joseph back up, to encourage him, to give him courage, to help him be the earthly father that Jesus needed. Does God care about your problems, your hurts, the things that you're going through, the stresses that you may be feeling, the worries that you're coping with? Does God really care about what is happening to you? until you settle on the answer to that very question you're not really going to get to know god does god care about the details in your life i certainly believe the answer is yes i mean he says it many times in the bible many many times 1 peter 5 7 it says cast all your anxiety on him i mean that's That literally means every kind of anxiety you might have, financial, physical, you know, spiritual, mental, relational. Why? Because He cares for you. Because He cares. We have a Heavenly Father that cares for every detail in your life. Every detail. I mean, the Bible tells us He knows every hair on your head. They're numbered. He knows that. Now, for some of you, that may be you know, not that hard or whatever, but for some, it could be quite difficult. But there's not any person in here who knows exactly how many hairs are on their head. But God does. In matter of fact, God knows the original colour of your hair, okay? You might have fooled a lot of people, but your hairdresser and God know for sure. God knows every intimate detail of your life. And he's going to take care of your needs. We need to trust in that. Secondly, our our everlasting father is consistent. He's consistent. You can count on him every time. He's never going to let you down. He's always dependable. He's consistent. God is worthy of our trust. James reminds us this. Every good and perfect gift is from the father who does not change like shifting shadows. Truth is, us dads... We can be unpredictable at times. You know, when I was a youth pastor, I often um, spoke to teenagers who said, oh, gee, I never really know what I'm going to get from my dad today. Uh, you know, it changes from one day. It just depends on what sort of mood he's in. You know, maybe he's silent one day. The next, he's a good guy. And the next, he's just the tough guy. I just don't know what to expect. Inconsistent fathers produce, produce insecure kids. So where do we find security in an inconsistent world? Micah tells us this and says quite clearly, I the Lord do not change. I the Lord do not change. Does that mean, think about that for a moment, God's been the same yesterday, today, forever, God's the same. Does that mean that that God is just stuck in his ways and he can't change? What's going on? Why doesn't God change? Because he's perfect. Because he's perfect. And because God's perfect, he can't get any better. He can't get any worse. And I love this verse. We were singing a bit about this before. James 31. This is how he's consistent. He has loved us with an everlasting love. That's unchanging. God never gets moody. I mean,. You never have people going, oh, gee, what got into God today? You know, so he's grumpy, have you noticed that? He needs to go back to bed. He stayed up too late last night. You know, The Bible tells us clearly that God is always unchanging in his love towards us and that is good news because while God's consistent, we can be incredibly inconsistent. But the Bible teaches us that on our good days, God loves us as much as he loves us on our bad days. He loves us when we feel him. He loves us when we don't feel him. He loves us when we think we're close to him and doing the right thing. And he loves us the same as when we're not close to him. and We're not doing the right thing. His love isn't based on my performance. His love is based on his character. His character. And that's why God is a different kind of father. He's an everlasting father who cares and he's consistent. And I'll just finish with this. And he's competent. Our everlasting father is a competent father. The Bible tells us, Luke, for nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is beyond his abilities. Nothing. So what does that really mean? When well, you flip over to Hebrews and you find these words, what it means. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Do you know the Greek word here that is translated never? Do you know what it really means? Never. (laughs) Never. 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 He's never going to leave. When we might have rejected him, when we might have walked away, far from being the kind of dad who would walk out on you to pursue a better option, he gives us a better option. He allowed himself to literally be abused and tortured for us so that we could have eternal life. You know, think about that for a moment. As we pounded nails into his very wrists, all Jesus could pray was, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. This is the actions of someone who cares deeply, of someone who loves us. So stop viewing your heavenly Father through the lens of your earthly one. The Apostle Paul wrote this. I am going to finish with this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who has loved us. For I am convinced... That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. That's why he is our everlasting Father. It's Christmas. He's Emmanuel. He is God with us. The only question that needs to be answered is a you with God. You need to answer that. Give, give an honest answer. Because he's Emmanuel, and more than anything else, he just wants to reveal his love, reveal his character to you, his nature, his goodness. He's a relational God who came to earth, and came to earth to reveal himself to us. He forgives us for our sins so that we can belong in his very family. Let me just pray for you. God, I pray that your spirit would do a work that only you could do. Just transform us. Transform us by the good news that you are with us and that you are our everlasting Father. We thank you that you are a loving, a caring, a consistent Father. I really believe that some of you right now, you're in a place where you... You really need to know that Jesus is with you. There are difficulties, there's challenges, there's trials, there's pain. Maybe you really struggle with this whole idea of Jesus as our Father who is with you. So this morning, we just ask for the strength to daily see you, not through the lens of our earthly Father, but to see you as you are. Jesus, we want to acknowledge that you are our everlasting Father. And just pray that the Holy Spirit would bring about a peace that goes beyond our human ability to understand or comprehend and that your presence would guard our hearts and minds and our souls. In Christ Jesus. Amen.